This is Jamison Newlander from The Lost Boys, The Blob, and Bone Tomahawk. And you're listening to the Don't Go Out There horror movie podcast. Don't go out there. Don't, don't go out there. Just trust me. Just listen to the podcast and just don't go out there. All right? In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all the support. And we are elated to be joined today by another legend of the business with work dating back over 30 years. Best known for his role as Alan Frog in the Lost Boys franchise, Anthony in 1988's The Blob, and the mayor in the star-studded Bone Tomahawk, Mr. Jameson Newlander. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, thank, thanks. Uh, it's nice to nice to be talking to you guys. I sort of like, right, it's like as we're setting this up, I almost feel like I got to know you a little bit over text and everything, but it's good to be talking to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, the yeah, first thing we, we, we like to ask everybody really is, you know, how, how, how can you talk to us a little bit, how you got into acting? Yeah, sure. You know, it's like, I always thought of myself as kind of like, um, you know, I wasn't really an industry kid. There were kids who, who I, who I was always frankly kind of jealous of when I was like pretty young, maybe like seven or eight or whatever, be like, oh, that kid has an agent, you know, he, that kid's doing commercial, you see a friend of yours on a commercial, this might just be an LA phenomenon, <laughs> I mean, you know, or, or LA or New York, I think now everybody has a, a film industry, but when I was a kid, it was, you know, this was possibly unique to LA, or at least, you know, centered, centered in LA, that, you know, your friends would be on television, and um, so eventually, I, um, it just became like impossible not to do it, because I was, so interested in it. And my mom noted that I was interested in it. And, um, and it was like, um, uh, you know, it kind of starts with, first of all, I was, I was, I was kind of an awkward kid up until about 12 or 13. And then I started kind of blooming a little, blossoming a little bit. And I was like already, so I was like kind of a, uh, you know, a better looking kid than I thought I was going to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it helped with, you know, getting an agent and stuff. Cause I was able to do a couple commercials that, that kind of began the ball rolling. I had, you know, doing a couple of commercials at that time, you know, you make a few thousand bucks, you know, for a kid who's 14, you know, at the time in 1984, you know, right. just when I started, it was big money. That was big money, <laughs> you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, that was just, a, a, it enticed me there uh, because, you know, I, I had some early sort of minor success, but enough to like pay for pictures and, I wasn't going off my own money. I was paying on the house's money, you know? Right. Exactly. So, right. And so, um, so it just kind of built up from there. And my, it's funny, I was just writing about this a little bit. Cause just kind of, you know, writing about the past and in, in certain ways that my mom had this little CRX. Is that what it's called? It's a Honda. Those little yes, Hondas. Sir. Yeah. And it was this blue CRX. And, and when I knew that when, when it was outside, when I came out of school, if it was parked out there, it w that I had an audition, you know, so, and it was exciting. It was always so exciting to have an audition. Like we, and, and there was a, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's like, 
you do a you do a couple of auditions like the body uh, was the first it was it turned into stand by me that was my first feature film audition and you know and then you start auditioning with the kids all the kids and you know you see start seeing the same kids and then it becomes this fun thing and you know so and that's kind of how it happened well that's awesome um, you know, can you talk just a little bit about, you know, your time acting at NYU and kind of how that led to, hey, you were becoming an award winning playwright in, uh, in 1996? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's different ways I at different times I frame up my in my mind, I frame up my my past and my career. And because it's like, you know, as an industry, as a non-industry kid coming in and getting a movie and starting to have some success there's not the same kind of knowledge about how the industry works and so i i felt like i kind of i lost momentum at a time when you know i was really trying to i said this to someone early uh, a couple of weeks ago that it's like my dad used to say this he used to say you have to catch the ball before you throw it to first base you know right and yeah. so i was i think you know i was trying to after lost boys i was trying to do a lot of different things because i was you know, trying to throw it to first base before I really caught it and solidified my place in the industry. These are all just my own thoughts, you know. No, that makes sense. But, right? And then, so when I went to NYU, you know, it's just another thing that opened up for me, which is, you know, I had always been interested in theater. I mean, that's why I went to NYU. That's why I went to New York. And so theater became this, it, you know, film had been this this big thing for me. And then theater became this big thing for me. And my eyes were open to ways that you could do things on stage, cool stuff you could do on stage that was very different than what you could do in movies. And, um, you know, started writing and, you know, um, doing a lot of different things. But I, I ended up going to Actress Theatre of Louisville um, as, a, you know, they have this uh, company that is for, basically, we, you know, do a lot of different things. And I, I was able to do some writing and um, enter this contest. And I, and I, and that's kind of what started being like, Hey, maybe I should be writing, you know? So, you know, um, and so I, so I was writing and, and then for a while, that's all I was doing was writing. I wasn't really acting. Um, and uh, I've had, you know, little bits of success here and there with writing. I still, I'm still, I'm, I'm in a place now where I'm, I'm trying, I'm pitching different things and I'm really feel like it's, things are closer to converting than they really ever have been in terms of as a writer, as a writer, actor combo kind of thing. Right. Right. So like I said, I can ramble, you know, it's like I, I went from like three different topics there, but. Oh no, absolutely. No, I love it. The best, that's the best interviews. <laughs> it's like, also, you know, it's like when I, uh, one other thing, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Newlander, you know we're a horror podcast, so you know this is going to happen. But if it's all right with you, we're going to ask you a few questions about Lost Boys. Definitely. Uh, can totally. you just tell us a little bit about how you got the role for that movie? Yeah, yeah, totally. I I love to talk about this stuff. Um, I started talking about like when I when we started going to conventions a little while ago, like about 15 years ago, these horror conventions. That's when I started to realize that this kind of stuff, talking about the movie, new thoughts about the movie that maybe you know, that this is kind of what people come for, you know, some, I mean, there's people who come for the autograph, but a lot of it is the experience of talking about these things and cause it's fun, you know? Right. And so, um, so I, I, so in this, you know, this process of like auditioning for this or that, and obviously I didn't get the role in stand by me, <laughs> you know, Corey Feldman got that role actually it was Corey Feldman's role. Um, oh, right. 
Okay. Yeah, it's cool, right? I mean, you know, to think I auditioned for that. I auditioned for Lucas, for the role of Lucas. Okay, um, awesome. Doogie Hauser. Oh, wow, <laughs> you know? okay. I mean, it's kind of how things worked. It's like you, everybody who was at a certain, you know, has a, a certain level of experience, um, they, we would all go up for these roles, you know, and um, so, so it was cool. So with Lost Boys, I was, uh, I was just auditioning here and there. I actually was in a, a, a production of Peter Pan in high school as a Lost Boy, which is just crazy. I didn't even think the, of the irony then, but <laughs> as I think back on it, so, um, and I, you know, my mom showed up in that CRX and um, we went off to audition and it turned out that it was a, a casting director I had seen before, Marion Doherty. Um, she was a, she's kind of a legend. I don't know if you know much about, I mean, maybe you do, but um, I, I didn't even know about that then that she's a legend for like kind of discovering people. Right. Um, and like, um, and it was great. And then, you know, I had met Joel Schumacher uh, because he was friends with my acting teacher and he spoke at my class. And of course, we're all trying to like come up with something that's going to impress him. He, he just had done St. Elmo's Fire and I couldn't come up with anything <laughs> you know, to impress him. But um, but it was good enough that, you know, that then when I saw him in the room, I was like, hey, you know, I saw you at Lynette's class. You know, it, just, it was a nice common ground you know, right. that I had. And um, Joel and I really, we really bonded. I mean, we really had a nice like... Um, rapport because it just i don't know you know he's a funny guy joel he was you know um he he was a really funny guy and we we we, we talked and we joked a little and i you know i tried out the scene and he he loved that i i actually showed up in um army fatigues like you know the ones i have in the comic book store with the dice on the sleeve oh awesome yeah like those are that was a recreation of my dad's army uh Shirt army army fatigues. You know he was in the reserve, so he, they, it's like Eleventh Army Corps is the number on the dice. So it was just cool. I used to wear that stuff and kind of feel like I was tough, and and I wore that to the audition. And I I don't know if he was already thinking of the Frog Brothers as a sort of little paramilitary duo, and maybe that's why I you know I I got the kind of message to wear that, or did I wear that and it spurred his mind? I can't really remember, but <clears throat> maybe a little of both. And so we had a really good rapport, me and Joel. And then the next time I came in, I was called back and there was Corey Feldman in the in the uh, waiting room. And I actually didn't quite know who he, who he was. I mean, I, I I just wasn't good about like kind of knowing who people were. I, I, re I recognized him, you know, from his movies and stuff. And I and I knew that I had a sense that he was a star, but he was also I think and I think that kind of worked with Corey, too, because. I wasn't really like kissing up to him like he was some, you know, like I knew who he was, you know, right. I was just talking to him, you know, I was just like another guy talking to him. And, and it was, it was a really nice thing. It was, we had a, we had a really good bond, me and Corey. So, so then they were a little concerned about me because I hadn't done a big feature like this. Mm -hmm. So they went around and, and, and auditioned a bunch of different people. And then when they, they had seen everybody and they talked about it and both Corey and Joel were like, you know, I, I like Jamie was, they called me Jamie then. And, uh, so there it was. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of that bond, you know, with, with Corey, you, uh, you know, you've been pretty vocal about the bond you had with, uh, Corey Haim as well. I mean, you guys, all three of you guys really kind of got close that summer, uh, you know, on set and mm -hmm. off. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that relationship and how it kind of blossomed into this lifelong friendship that you guys have? 
Yeah, yeah, you bet. And I, I gotta just warn you, I'm, I'm a bit of an emotional guy, so I might drift, and I might like, I'm already feeling like a little bit like teary, just, you know, thinking about him and, yes, sir, and the times that we spent. So don't let that alarm you. You know, it doesn't mean I'm like, totally gonna break down. I, you know, I just tend to get a little bit emotional talking about this stuff, and, like, you know, if you can imagine a, a good friend, you know, a couple of good friends that you met like at camp or you know, at school and, and you had this ma- kind of magical summer. I mean, you know, I can't, I can't tell if it gets more magical, you know, the farther it gets in the, in the background and right. the more, the more people celebrate Lost Boys, you know, does it become more magical or is it that, you know, amidst all this stuff, amidst all these, you know, careers and things like that, you know, we were kids and, and we had a, a really special time. Like we had a, just a really good time. You know, the, the Corys had a similar journey I mean, you know, it was different too. Feldman had been in the industry since he was two or three, and right. um, Haim was newer, but they were both, you know, at, at, a, at a level of, of um, celebrity, and so they they had that in common. But we, I had something in common with them too, which is that we were boys, you know, we're kids, and right, you know, and we just had a blast. We went to the beach. We had, you know, and and the the little bits of the the little bits of stardom were co- starting to come out. We went to Raging Waters. I don't know if you know what that is. It's, oh yeah. Yeah, right. Um, we went to Raging Waters and and people were like recognizing him, recognizing him <laughs> from Lucas, you know. And and it was cool and I was all of a sudden kind of like, wow, I'm in this category now where I'm, you know, I'm kind of I'm 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 hanging out with stars and I'm acting as a star, you know, I'm in the movie and stuff and so there was there were glimmers of that too. You know, it was like this so it it all kind of came together and it was a really special time. You know, and then that led to our, our, you know, our lifelong friendship. And, um, it, it, I always get sad thinking about him because when he was away for a long time, he was up in Canada for a long time. And I was in, I was doing my thing. I was in New York and trying to do this and that. And, and then we, we, we bond, we, we, I keep saying the word bonded on, you know, we like connected again. We, we went to, um, the first convention we did was in, in England and we connected and, and, and it was just great. It was like we were, you know, it was like old times again. And, you know, and and it was still a rough road for him uh, then. He was he was trying to make his way back in the industry and he was struggling with some of his issues and things. And, you know, I, I didn't see him as much as I wish that I had, you know. Right. Like that, of course, it, like it always comes up when you're thinking about him and someone, le- you know, we lose too soon. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you for talking to us about that. I know it was hard. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's kind of uh, hard to follow that up because I was uh, you could I, I felt the uh, the emotion in that, uh, Mr. Totally. Mr. Newlander. Um, now <laughs> your involvement in the sequel, <laughs> the tribe was limited, but there's a moment in the extra credit scene where Edgar and Sam finally meet again. Uh-huh. And there was another alternate scene where you made your return. Was there any point where the three of you were reunited there? And if so, was it kind of a special moment for you three? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, so it's complicated because they were also shooting the two Corys show at the same time. Like he was part of it. Right. Yeah, I remember that show. Yeah. And it's like at that point in the I think this was the second season of the two Corys show. I don't know. Reality TV. I feel like they were they weren't trying to make him break down or, you know, uh, relapse or whatever. I'd certainly not. I'm not. Right. You know, but I do think that the environment wasn't necessarily 
conducive to somebody who's struggling, you know, in that way. And I, and I'll, you know, so he was struggling a lot, I think during that time, it felt that way to me. And, and that was challenging for him. Now it was in the midst of all that, there we were on set. We, we were on set together. Um, one, it was one night it was in, they shot it in a different location than the tribe was shot in, uh, where did they shoot the tribe? Canada, I think. I'm not uh, real sure, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I forget. But but this scene was different. They shot it in Cali, in California somewhere. Okay. And yeah, and we had some time on the set together, the three of us. And it was, it was, it did have that magical thing, but it was fleeting. You know, so it was only like maybe like 20 minutes that we had, like, you know, out oh, of okay. makeup or, you know, but it was nice. The tribe was an interesting thing where like, you know, it, it ultimately the thing they were trying to do with us, me and Haim, it just didn't work, which is why it went to the special features. Right. They were just trying to include us and they, they, they didn't plan that part of it very well. I think, um, I, right. I like the movie, you know, I like the tribe, but I think they, I, I, I would, I wish they had planned a little better to include more of us earlier. I think it would have been, it would have worked better. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, the thirst you know, though, you know, you came back in, in your starring role. I mean, how did it feel to be reprising that role as Alan in that film? And, you know, was there any moments that really stood out during during the filming of that? Yes, yes. And that reminds me, you know, I was starting a, I was going to I was going to do a video blog during the time. So I shot a bunch of video on this little those little thingies that at the time. And I have that somewhere. I got to remember to find that because I think it would be cool. There was, there's probably some cool footage of, you know, of that time. And that really was glorious. I mean, you know, in a in you know in a limited way. It's still it's like you know it's not 1986 where we're you know right to the 80s and we're you know, but it's it was really cool. We shot that in Cape Town, um, and I I actually had just had my son Nathan. Um, he was just one years old, I think, uh, one year old, and he so so it was uh, you know it was like all kinds of things coming together like this the Lost Boys thing and hanging with Feldman again. And, and, and I was there for like six weeks, I think in Cape town. So I not yeah, six weeks. That's right. So we had a lot of time together, me and Feldman, where we were just the frog brothers. We were dressed as the frog brothers. We were, you know, hanging out. It was really cool. And also I did, we were doing like combat together and, you know, they didn't have, they, they had the stunt people doing it, but um, we were involved in it too, which was cool. It was really fun to do it, you know? So that's awesome. Okay, yeah. so I'll I'll leave you alone about the Lost Boys for a little bit, but uh, um, sure. so a- after Lost Boys, <clears throat> your career took off some. You know, can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to <clears throat> to make that switch to theater and directing some? You know, with with Rooster and Room Service. Yeah. So, um, like, um, okay, let me let me think through this through. First of all, I'm I think that at at heart, I am an actor and a writer. Like, I think those two things are really strong for me in terms of what I like to do, what I relate to. Right. Um, I'm not a very good director, I don't think. I, I mean, I actually think I probably can be a fine director, but I'm, I thought of this the other day that I was like, I want to come to set and I want to tell everybody what a great job they're doing, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and a director needs to be more, you know, <laughs> needs to, you know, be, be, need to push people more and stuff. I don't, I don't really like to push people, uh, you know, and that's certainly maybe a flaw of mine or just how I like to, to be, you know? So I, my, my time, my foray into directing was like, okay, I'm an actor and I'm a writer. So how do I make something, (laughs) you know? 
like that. And so, you know, do I connect with directors or do I um, just try to direct myself? And so I, I tried directing myself and um, it wasn't um, it wasn't for me. It, it, you know, um, I like Rooster, for example, I I would work. <clears throat> excuse me. I was working with two other directors. Um, there was a, a Steve Danziger was also directing it with me because, you know, when you're, when you're in it, it's, it's tough. And, and so he was directing on set with me. We were sort of co-directing in that way. And, and then I had a director that I was working with. The, the editor was really kind of a co-director also a friend of mine. So I wasn't really directing, I don't think, you know, so, um, I, I love to write. I'm, I'm writing now. I'm, I'm writing, um, well, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Cause it's lost boys related, but, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of writing and I, and I have a, a lot of, um, I still think that something is going to break through in a big way because I, I, I have a lot of passion and I, and I do think I'm a really good writer and the, that and the combination of the fact that Lost Boys is starting, you know, Lost Boys is having a, a the eighties is having a, a resurgence or maybe we're even on the, maybe right. the, the downslope of that resurgence. You know, I think the nineties is going to start rising soon, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but you know, I, 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 um, Rooster, you know, I liked Rooster a lot. Room service, I liked a lot, but it was more of just like a little project we were doing for fun, you know. Um, like if, if you watch it, it's, it's, it's campy and, you know, and that was kind of the point, you know, is to just kind of do something for fun. We just rented a hotel room and we were like, let's shoot a movie, you know. Right. And, and, and we did. And so I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but guess it, guess at it a little. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, just talking about making a movie like that, that's kind of how us co-hosts start this podcast. And speaking of that, you even got into podcasting for a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's interesting because I'm I'm actually going to be. We're trying to we're trying to get uh, the sort of what we're calling the kind of second season of that podcast um, going again in a different way, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second, but, uh, or I'll talk about as the second half of this question. The first half is that it, it's like, yeah, it's just like that. It's like, you're, you know, you, you guys probably experience it, you know, when you started your podcast where it's like, Hey, let's just do this. We can do it. Let's do it. You know, like my, my friend, you know, that we did, uh, the show was, is called, was called, uh, the Jameson Newlander and some other guy show. Right. <laughs> and it, it's just a, this funny thing because like my friend who was doing it with me was like they don't really they're not going to care about me you know so and so it was this you know and um that was a great but, name that's a great name absolutely is that's i appreciate that and then my my when my wife did the if you listen to it the the um the uh the intro my wife came up with like the thing that it's her doing the intro she's like it's the jameson newlander and some other guy show and she goes you're really calling it that. And we kept that on it, you know, <laughs> just yeah, to that's kind of, great. right. It's like when you're in total creative control and it's not costing you anything, it wasn't costing us anything um, because Nigel's kind of a genius technically. And you know, you know how it works. You got to have like someone who knows what they're doing technically. <laughs> and so it's like, you get, you have this ability to do what you want to do. You know, like you, you guys are doing this. Yeah. You, you get to ask the questions you want to ask. You get to, you know, and so we did that. We exper we experimented with that. We did some interviews. We did some. We had a re there's a really good interview actually with Brian Herzlinger, which who's also a two Corys alum. He was on two Corys as well. Um, and a couple other interviews. And then we got into a little noir um, 
story, you know, a, a radio drama. And it was really cool. We were having a lot of fun trying different things. Now, as we're trying to put the show together now and li- listening back to it, we're thinking like, yeah, we were playing around and it's not that polished and stuff. We're, we're, we're this next time around, we want to take that model and polish it up a little more. And, right. and, you know, so, you know, as with everything, you know, it's like, as I was, you know, like, as I was saying earlier, I, 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 I have a lot of different interests and I, and that's kind of like my weakness in a way is where I, I spread myself too thin. And, and I guess I say it like a positive. It's my strength is when I can kind of focus a little more and focus on a few things, you know, but this podcast is, is kind of the new podcast is kind of uh, one of those things. Well, I mean, you, you may spread yourself thin, but that's also a lot of experiences, you know, more experiences, I guess, that you get to get to take in. So I wouldn't say that was a bad thing at all. Um, I appreciate I what you're that. Saying, though. Um, and but, I agree. I like it. <laughs> um, another another movie I wanted to ask you about, Bone Tomahawk. So great film, you know, that we're actually going to be reviewing very soon. Um, the first time I watched it, I was not expecting, you know, for it to really affect right. uh, to affect me that the way that it did. I mean, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that film and and hey, you, you you're working with Kurt Russell uh, in particularly? Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, great. I, I I love talking about this because <clears throat> okay, so Bone Tomahawk, um, my friend, uh, I when I was well, actually Rooster, it started. It didn't start with Rooster, but it, Rooster was a piece of it. Um, S. Craig Zoller. Uh, is is this brilliant person <laughs> and he um i i met him on a movie called tornado stage which never really came together there's some clips of it online it was a really cool movie but it just didn't come together but he was the editor on it and he was just brilliant he was like he, he would wear a tie like you know this is just an independent film but he would wear a shirt and tie at, you know, on set because he had that he because he had that much respect for film. He, that's awesome. He's a he's a guy. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It's like he's a he's a guy who he grew up with film. He loves film. He you know he in any spare moment he would go watch a horror movie or you know, and and he started writing scripts. You know he he was doing this and that. You know kind of like me. You know this and that. You know he had in, this interest. He was writing for a magazine. He was a chef actually. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, he started writing and he started selling scripts because he's brilliant. And I mean, not just because he's brilliant, but also because he, he knew how to work it. But, you know, he, his scripts were really cool. So he comes up with this script, Bone Tomahawk. Well, first of all, it's like he sold all these scripts and, you know, common phenomenon in Hollywood. Sold all these scripts, but none of his movies got made, you know, and oh. and he's, you know, the, imagine this guy who loves film and he's he, he, none of his movies are getting made. So he's like, look, uh, you know, I need to. I need to make one. And so he wrote Bone Tomahawk and, and, and he's, he started getting it around to, at this point he had some good backing. He had a really good producer. Um, I don't want to say his name cause it, it's either Dallas or uh, another city in Texas. I think it's Dallas. <laughs> um, so, but he, uh, so, so they put this movie together and they got all these, you know, the, all this interest. They got Kurt Russell, you know, it's like Chris Russell, you know, much bigger star than would have signed on for something like this. So it's just a credit to the material. And right. so I think with Kurt Russell, you know, other getting, getting just an amazing cast, like right. the, the main cast is amazing. Yes. And then you've got that saloon scene, <laughs> which is like, I'm in it, Sean Young, um, that dude from Eddie and the Cruisers. Um, <laughs> what's that dude? I love that guy. Oh, yeah, uh, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Anyway, but um, 
you know, and a bunch of other people. And I'm, and I'm sitting there with these amazing people and we're just talking and they're impressed with me. Like these guys were impressed with me being in Lost Boys, which was fun, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and just getting a chance to sit there on set. And that was just a day too. I just did a day that saloon scene was in a day. They, they shot it really quick. Um, I mean, and that's another thing about, um, Craig, Craig Zoller is that like on, on tornado States, there was this shot where the car was supposed to be driving, but they didn't have the money to, to have the car drive because, you know, you have to have certain safety things. So they just made the lights like they, he, he had people hold like two flashlights in the back window at a certain place that it looked. And if you look at it, it looks like a car is back there and then turns away. You know, he knew how to do these kinds of things. And they did that with Bone Tomahawk. They made it for so little money uh, compared, you know, based, you know, uh, so little money compared to how good the movie is. Right. And so it just was a pleasure to be working on that. I talked to Kurt Russell uh, actually quite a bit and Sean Young, too, because we were married in the movie. So it was just it was just amazing. And the movie itself. Right. I'm glad you're going to review it, actually, because the movie itself is uh right i mean when you say you were surprised that it affected you do you mean like you that, that you that emotional about it or that the 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 gore because the gore is like there's something it's more intense than anything i've seen you know yeah no it was it was both because i was like wow like that is showing everything and that's and it right. just it when i say it affected me it like made me cringe and just yeah. feel like feel the feelings that I think I was obviously supposed to feel at that time, which is a credit, right. obviously, to the direction and, and the actors and everything. And and I was, yeah, I was not expecting that out of that movie. You know, I don't know if I was expecting a, a Western or, I mean, a Kurt Russell Western. I'm not real sure right. what I was expecting, but I was not expecting that. And it was, I loved it. I loved the fact that it surprised me like that, too. Yeah, that's great. I mean, when something can truly surprise you these days, it's great. And, you know, fun fact also is that um, it's the same editor, actually, uh, as the Kurt Russell movie, as the Tarantino uh, Kurt Russell movie, The Hateful Eight. Oh, OK. I was going to say Death Proof. I wasn't sure which Quarantino oh, maybe Tarantino it was. one. Anyway, what's the one that came out that year? I can't remember. But um, oh, Lord, I don't know. Both of them were pretty close. So, in any uh, case, yeah, yeah, either so, way. So Fred. uh, uh, uh is Fred? Why can't I remember Fred's last name? I like know Fred so well. It'll come in a second. But Fred is Tarantino's one of Tarantino's close friends, direct and directors. I mean, uh, editors. And he's also um, he's lo been a longtime friend of Craig of S. S. Craig Zoller. And in fact, he was he he edited uh, he was he edited part of Rooster, and he also parted he edited uh, Tornado States too. Just to take oh, it all wow. the way back. Yeah, you know, just like, that's how it is. You know, it's like working with friends. You want to work with your friends. And I mean, assuming they're good, you know. Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Newland, do you have a couple of things in post-production, it looks like? I know you probably can't say too much regarding them, but what can you discuss regarding your roles in Waking Nightmare and Running with Fear? It appears at least Running with Fear is a full-blown horror film. Yeah, so um, there was a, there's a writer-director named Brian Farmer, who um, really talented dude, uh, and he Running with Fear was uh, a movie he was kind of already making, and um, he put me in as a we shot another scene for it and put me in as a kind of a cameo in that. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm just not sure, you know, I haven't. Is it out yet? It did. I mean, I 
it, you know, it's it's a it's a um an indie horror, so it's like these things tend to take a creative path toward the theaters, you know. Right. No, they're, they're neither are, are out yet. They're still in post production. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Waking Nightmare, Waking Nightmare was a was a movie where brilliant script. Loved the script. It was great. And then and same kind of thing. Brian, in a way, was similar to Craig. You know, very different guys, but. Um, he started getting the script around, you know, because it was just really good and really tight. And he, you know, he got Diane Franklin interested and he got me to do it. And, um, you know, um, I think Shelley Regner was, a one of the glee or one of, one of the glee, one of those in the, in that genre. Um, and it, it was, a, it was like kind of, I think there was a couple of hitches with the movie and, and it ended up, I, I, I may not in fact come out. It's kind of an unfortunate thing. It's like, this guy was really, this guy was and is really good at doing, you know, doing things, um, you know, with a movie, you know, we have limited money and you're trying to make things work just like with Craig, you know, that thing with the making the car run, you know, look like there's a car behind it. Right. The, um, he, you know, he was doing a lot of things to try and bring the, the movie in on, uh, you know, at, on budget. And I think it kind of, it just got sort of messed up and it, it may not come out, unfortunately. Which is a bummer because I, I I liked the work I was doing it and Diane Franklin was really awesome in it. I understand that. Though. Well, hopefully it does see the light of day. Yeah. Um, so now the big one, you kind of hinted and talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I know there's nothing to announce yet, but can you can you talk <laughs> to our audience a, a little bit? I know they're going to love to hear about this uh, this uh, Frog Brothers uh, project that you're kind of pitching right now. I mean, yeah. And why why do you feel like that now is the time to kind of bring that to the masses? Cool. This is good. It's good. I love talking about this. All right. So this is a, a thing that's going on right now for me. Um, I um, a couple of years ago. Well, let's see. We'll start with let's take the scenic route here. So not too long after Lost Boys came out, um, I I saw Joel. Um, I, ran, I think I ran into Joel in a restaurant and he was talking about how they were trying they were looking for they were looking into a couple different ways of um you know just kind of taking the franchise and there was either i can't remember if that's what he was talking about or that's just one of the ways that it was gonna i mean if that was specifically his project but they were trying to make a um they were talking about a frog brothers show someone was talking about a frog brothers show this is long ago and I always thought it was a great idea. And of course I would want to do it. I mean, you know, I, I, I love that role and, and, you know, I, I wouldn't mind the success of it. You know? <laughs> right. And so it's been kicking around inside my head for a while and, you know, and, and there's been the sequels and I've had different ideas for the sequels. I've pitched different people, different ideas, and they're usually sort of outside the box ideas. Um, and you know, nobody's gone for them with this one. And I would love to share the, the angle on it. Uh, because it's it's kind of what I think is different about it. There's a certain angle. And I can't tell you what the angle is. I'll 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 try and describe the it in a way that'll be kind of fun, you know. Which is that it's an angle that takes us away from just doing another version of Lost Boys. You know, Lost Boys was this amazing like lightning in a bottle that they captured in '87, you know, in '86. That you know this team, this group did under Schumacher's guidance and. And it's hard to recreate that. And I think we saw that with the sequels. Like, you know, right. there's a lot of really good work in these sequels, but it, it, it just can't capture the same the same thing as the original, which I often find to be the case. You know, like uh, Back to the Future, for example, like 
I, I loved Back to the Future 2 when I saw it in the, in the movies and 3. But really, as I look back on it, the first one was great. And the other ones were, de- you know, they were cool, you know. Right. So and and so so with with this, this is is this kind of angle that takes it, you know, to be this, you know, truly a Frog Brothers story, not not a sequel to Lost Boys. It has elements of Lost Boys in it all over the place. I'd, I'd love to see it set in Santa Cruz. Um, maybe one little glimpse I'll give is that the Frog Brothers, you know, with this, and this is just part of the pitch, but instead of having a comic book store, they, um, I think it would be cooler if they, if they're traveling to conventions around the country with a comic book booth. And oh, absolutely. Right. And they, they go to these conventions and then they take care of business at night. You know, they, they, they go out and deal with the vampires at night. So, I, you know, it's like, that's one piece of it. And, um, I think it would be a really cool show. And I, and I, you know, I gave it to Corey. I, I wrote a little pilot for it. Um, you know, a uh, first script for the first show and, and a little, you know, pitch document. And I've been, you know, I've had a, a, a foot in marketing <laughs> this past 16 years too. Cause I, I have a, I have two kids and, you know, so I have a day job also sometimes, you know, when, when projects aren't happening right. and it's been marketing. And so I've gotten kind of a certain understanding of marketing. So I put together this kind of marketing document about this show and a script and I, and I gave it to Corey Feldman and he, he really dug it. And so we have a mutual manager uh, that we work with sometimes and um, Scott Carlson. So I gave it to Scott. So we gave it to Scott. Scott really dug it too. And he dug, you know, he was getting, you know, the different things about it that were, you know, potentially unique, potentially making this something that would be, you know, it's like part of the Lost Boys franchise, but not trying to redo it, you know, just trying to take it in its own, you know, the Frog Brothers are their own characters, you know. And, um, and so, um, we, uh, we're pitching Warner Brothers on it now. And, and, you know, I, it's, so, you know, this ties into why now, um, you know, Cobra Kai, Right. And, you know, like, have you have you seen some of Cobra Kai? Oh, I love Cobra Kai. I've seen right? all yeah. of Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. And it's like, the, there's something so awesome about, I loved Karate Kid. I'll watch Karate Kid anytime it's on. I right. don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, if it's on, I, even though you got a DVD of it somewhere, I'll leave it on, you know? And, and so to be able to, like, appreciate it again, but we're not trying to redo it. We're not trying right. to say, like, you're right, we're not, we're not, you know, like, okay, let's have another tournament and another, you know, it, it's different. It's different. It's a whole different story about these guys, you know, 30 years later. So I think, and, and it's doing really well and people are loving it. And so it, it seems like a good model for like, Hey, if that's going on you know, the Frog Brothers show is the same, has the same kind of flavor, not even the right, same flavor, but it's the same idea in terms of like, we can get that nostalgia and kind of have it again in a way that's not just, trying to recreate it we're you know we're kind of living these characters again and yet it's totally different from cobra kai you know these are vampire hunters you know so um i'm really i have a kind of a good feeling about it but i've had a good feeling about it a lot of different pitches for a lot of different things so i'm gonna just um see what they say you know (laughs) yes sir and that's really awesome to hear too because you know we we kind of discussed it on the the lost boys review you know the the second one is great and it's good but in reality, it's pretty much just a remake in the same exact, right. you know, kind of plot and everything. I really did like the thirst because it was like, all right, 
now the frog brothers aren't really a secondary character now we're going to look at it from their point of view so it's really cool it's really cool to hear uh that that that's kind of the route you're going to take that's really awesome cool cool i I, yeah it's really fun to talk about i I love talking about it and of course i love talking about it with the hope that it happens absolutely oh absolutely (laughs) fingers crossed yeah again i know you can't give details on this but Word is you're collaborating with another Lost Boys alum on another project as well. Can you give us a sneak peek, maybe? Yeah, let me see what I can say about this. Um, so um, when I was in my 20s uh, in in New York, and actually I, when I – we talked about this earlier that I did a, a, a year at in Louisville at Actors Theater of Louisville, the, the theater. And, and, and there, in the 90s, there was this feeling that – theater was you know becoming too too old-fashioned you know how, how do you bring kids back to the theater you know we right. were in our 20s and we were like let's how do we freshen it up how do we make it fun again you know i mean not that it's not you know but it's it's, it's sort of one thing how do we make it how do we make it new and so i came up with this idea for a um and, and of course it was in the era of like neuromancer and you know things where vr was starting to be uh it was starting, it was like this exciting thing, but it was so unknown. It was so off in the distance. And I started writing about it and, and I came up with this character um, called Riff Cat, uh, who, who was a, a, a private eye, a film noir, like a bogey style private eye in a virtual reality city. And, you know, it's, it's, it, I, it's on the theory that for me, I don't, I can't get enough noir. Like I, I love noir, and I'm, I, I mean, there's all kinds of noir. I'm, I'm specifically talking about the sort of, you know, detective 1940s. Type. Yeah, the detective noir. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so I, I, I love it. And, and certainly when it comes to, like, that detective being, like, bogey, where he's, like, fast-talking and cool and tough, mm. you know, and he'll, like, talk himself out of a jam. I was like, I want a character like that in VR because VR is this whole new world, and, and, and it's this world where it needs a lot of exploration. And somebody's going to figure out how to operate down there. And that's the person you're going to want to hire to find to solve your case. So I started writing about this. And over the years, I've had different productions. It was a, it was a play. Um, it, was a, it was a screenplay. And the screenplay got a lot of momentum. And a, big, a couple of big directors were really interested in it. And then it didn't happen, you know. Um, but um, I, I felt it was best as a play because... It was originally the intent of it. And if we do VR in movies, well, then you can do whatever. You know, you can say this is this and that's that. And, you know, what does it matter? But right. on stage, I mean, and when I say it doesn't matter, like I love The Matrix. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I, I love movies about VR. But, you know, for me, like I, having studied theater and seeing the possibilities of theater, I was like, why don't we try to create this world that's all digital? But let's do it on stage right there in front of you with act with with great acting and great costumes and great lighting and let's make it a live event so that's what i've been working on um and and it also took um now that you know in podcasting coming back to podcasts again um i want to do it as a podcast i want to start it as a podcast and then move to a live show and possibly then move to a you know franchise in, in different ways i have big hopes for this thing i've been you know i've i've been passionate about this character in this project for a long time so when i saw when we were in england um in 2018 i think it was uh 2019 maybe um in uh where was that uh we're the soccer (laughs) 
they're really good at soccer. Uh, Manchester. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. It's like that's my association with Manchester. <laughs> um, and and all they were all there. Like uh, you know, um, all the all the you know, it's like I've I've done a lot of conventions with like um, you know, Billy Worth and Brooke McCarter before he passed and um chance corbett and stuff like that but the 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 ones you know like the the headliners are starting to do conventions and it's great so i was talking to to i, I got you know i got to chance i got a chance to talk to them a little more because i haven't seen them that much and i started talking to someone <laughs> about this project and he's and he's interested i think it's a really good character for him and so you know y- you might probably be able to figure out who it is it's you kind of have like only three choices at this point but um <laughs> you know rather than like you know um try to announce it now i'll, I'll announce it when it's you know when we have right. it a little more together but it's really exciting just because it's a really exciting project for me and i this is like you know uh, uh, an old friend you know we did lost boys together and um someone i really respect so it's just exciting and you know it's early so it may you know it may not come together but i another one i have high hopes for well, they may only have three choices, but you can't go wrong with any one of them. So <laughs> exactly, be exactly. excited all the way around. So, yeah. Um, so, OK, well, just just to kind of wrap things up, can you talk to us a little bit about this uh, this book you're writing? I mean, uh, you know, ha- has writing a book for creative kids and, and parents at home always really been a passion of yours? Well, <laughs> like I said, I, I do a lot of things. I, I spread myself thin, but um, I'm passionate about. OK, so I another time I might get emotional, you know, is that I, my, my boys, you know, I, um, I have, my kids are eight and 12, my boys, and they're just amazing. You know, of course, I mean, everyone feels that way, you know, but, um, and, and so, you know, what do you, what do you do with them? You know, they're creative kids, like, uh, you know, I mean, they're creative kids. I, I don't know if they have creative genes. My, you know, my wife's also an actress, uh, you know, and create very creative, is it the creative genes or because we're with them and we're trying to, you know, we're like encouraging them to be creative. I don't know, you know, but they're very creative and, um, uh, and maybe we're all creative. I mean, I kind of think we're all creative. And so, um, I, I always want to shoot a movie with them. Like, I, you know, a little movie, you know, like, Hey, we got, we, we have all this stuff on our phones, you know, like right. you, can, you can shoot a movie on your phone. You can even edit it on your phone or you can even, you know, bring it into an editing program and make it even cooler. So the, what, ha- what the problem is that we don't have the script and and so you can sit and try and write a script but what if someone's coming over for a play date or something and you want to and you want to shoot a little movie with you know a couple of friends you want to shoot a little movie i I'd, I'd like them to have a script that they can just open a book and say cool we're going to shoot that you know so that's what it is that's awesome right i mean you know because i got a book on paper airplanes on how to you know like people give us a present you know on how to make paper airplanes and it was cool we made paper airplanes hey guess what you can make movies you know right so and for fun not even to like be famous but you can be famous if you you know you can try to be famous if you want you know yes sir so mr newlander so people can find you on cameo where you are gracious enough to do a show intro for us that's right that's how uh, it started where else can people find you social medias maybe or is there a youtube channel in the works perhaps yeah so um i'm most active right now on twitter um i don't i don't have the check by my name just so you know if anybody's looking for me i'm, I'm gonna work on that but i back when i was trying to get it they had like program was discontinued and i never tried it again but um, so Twitter, uh, Twitter is where you can find me. I interact with fans on Twitter 
a lot of times. I mean, sometimes I go a long time and I don't, and then all of a sudden I'm doing it a lot for a, a little bit. But it's a lot of fun. I I, I enjoy my my Twitter Twitter sphere and time with my fans there. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I haven't really put much to. I there are a couple of videos on there. Um, one of which actually is from Cape Town when we were shooting uh, the thirst. Um, but it's something that I've been meaning to to start working on, and I will be starting to work on it soon. So you'll you'll see some more content there. I haven't started an Instagram, but that's coming soon. And um, I don't know what's the new one. The <laughs> I don't have that one. So that's where you can find me. Oh yes, sir. Uh, we really appreciate your time, Mister Jameson Newlander. Uh, I'm just going to give you one more quick shout out uh, to find him if you want to intro or just a shout out from him or maybe a birthday message. Just hit him up on Cameo. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to have you on our show, man. It's been awesome. It was absolutely great. great, great, great to talk to you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. It was it was awesome to meet you and, and talk to you finally. And uh, yeah, best of luck. Uh, you know, we would love to have you on later on when some, one of these you know wink wink projects uh come up so uh would love to have you back talk about it yeah totally reach out to me if you think of it and i'll you know as i as things come to fruition i'll reach out to try and plug my stuff oh absolutely, absolutely. we'll make sure we promote everything we can for you awesome yes sir you have a good evening you yep. too great to talk to you you too bye-bye bye and i uh, just want to remind everybody to uh don't go out there Yeah.